what do I believe in? You know, what's important to me? There's so much value that comes from that when you really declare it. And if you go through that process, if nothing else happens, that's what I hope people would take from it. Because again, we always find ourselves beginning with self-discovery, and we did again, you know, in, in this work. And and uh, I'll just leave it at that. That's that's really the part that's most important to me. One of the reasons this is so important is because once you know who you are, nobody can take it away from you. It's incredibly powerful. <laughs> no external circumstances can ever strip you from it. Okay, welcome back, or welcome to the Finding Mastery Podcast. I'm Michael Gervais, and by trade and training, I'm a sport and performance psychologist, as well as the co-founder of Compete to Create. And the whole idea behind these conversations is to learn from people who have committed their life efforts towards mastery. And what we want to do is we want to understand what are they searching for? How do they organize their life? What are the mental skills they use to build and refine their abilities to adjust and pivot to the unfolding, unpredictable, <laughs> unknown? And that's really what this is about, is to learn and then to organize it in such a way that you can apply those insights to your own life. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Bubs Naturals. Like you, I am mindful about what I put into my body. So for me, it usually comes down to ingredients and simplicity. The shorter the list, the better. And that's why I've been loving Bubs Naturals. Bubs creates products with high quality, all natural ingredients that are designed to help us get after the adventures in life. For years, I've been a huge fan of their hydrate or die electrolyte mix. I mean, that's a fun title for a product, isn't it? It only has six total ingredients. It's packed with electrolytes. I love the taste. No added sugar, no artificial flavors, none of that stuff. It's great for post-workout recovery. That's when I use it. And I also use it during long periods of travel, which I've been doing a lot lately. And so thank you for the hydration here. And a ton of athletes that I know swear by them too. They're currently in just about every MLB locker room. They work closely with the Red Sox, the Yankees, I know the Rangers, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, and, and many more, of course. I'd love for you to go check them out. I think they're doing a really nice job. Just head to bubsnaturals.com slash findingmastery and enter the code findingmastery at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's bubsnaturals, B-U-B-S naturals.com slash findingmastery with the code findingmastery for 20% off your first purchase. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Hims. Hims is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-informed treatments for erectile dysfunction, ED, hair loss, weight loss, and more. Health struggles like ED are common, but they can be hard to talk about when it comes to finding a solution. That's why Hims has been a game changer for so many men. The entire process is 100% online, and if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. Plus, you can manage your plan directly on the Hims app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. So if you or a loved one has been struggling with ED, I really want to encourage you to go check out Hims. And I know ED often has a psychological component as well. So be sure that you're stacking some psychological best practices into your daily routine as well. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com 
slash finding mastery. That's hymns, H-I-M-S dot com slash finding mastery for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash finding mastery. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash EOF for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. And this week's conversation, it's a little different. It's with Sage Steele and Pete Carroll and myself. And Pete Carroll is the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, and he's my business partner at Compete to Create. In this conversation, we decided to do something different. We flipped the model a bit, and it's for a really fun reason. I am incredibly excited to share that my first book, it's actually an Audible original, it's coming out on July 9th, and I couldn't be more honored to co-write it with Pete Carroll, head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. It's titled Compete to Create, an approach to living and leading authentically. So it's an in-depth look on how world-class athletes and artists and entrepreneurs and top business leaders, how they organize their inner lives to explore the edges, the reaches of their potential, and at the same time, live life with purpose and meaning. Now, this book, it's really about celebrating the insights and practices that are at the center of human flourishing. And I think we found that sweet spot between science and story and very applied ways for you to be able to practice those skills. So we pull back the curtain and hopefully the design is to reveal the psychological framework and mental skills that are common to great performers and leaders. And again, the whole goal is for you to be able to apply those same practices in all areas of your life. And if you've already taken our online course, Finding Your Best, as it's called, this is a great companion to your growth arc. And I'd be incredibly honored if you would pre-order it at audible.com slash compete to create. Again, it's audible.com slash compete to create. And if you haven't had the chance but still want to take the online course, we're offering $50 off when you go to compete to create.net forward slash finding mastery. So what's different about this conversation though? Beyond being overwhelmingly excited to announce the Audible original, the release of this book, we invited Sage Steele, ESPN's Sports Center host and a recent Finding Mastery guest to interview both Pete and myself. So we turned the mics back on ourselves and Sage absolutely stands for authenticity. And so it was so apparent in her uh, recent Finding Mastery interview. So if you haven't had the chance to check that out, I think you'll be pleased for the time well spent there. So in this conversation, we talk about everything from how Coach and I first got started working together to you know, what we've come to learn about helping others explore their potential. And it's not easy. It's not complicated. It just requires a fundamental organization of your life towards principles that matter most to you, and then working some mental skills that will help you be about that person that you want to be, even when it's hard to be that person. And that's really what authenticity is, the consistency of being the man or woman that you want to be, even when it's hard, even when the environment is incredibly challenging. That's how we find out who we are. That's why we run to the edges, you know, really run to the edges of what's difficult and hard, what challenges us. And I know most of us in our community, the Finding Mastery community, I know we want to be in the thin herd, not because it's special and rare, but just because that's where we really find out 
who we are. That's why one of the reasons I love this community, flat out love it. And again, I'm so excited to, to release this audiobook, uh, this Audible original. So again, pre-order at audible.com slash compete to create, and it comes out July 9th. And so hopefully the pre-order just absolutely smashes records. Let's make it happen. <laughs> and with that, let's jump right into this week's conversation with Sage Steele, interviewing Coach Carol and myself. Okay, I actually can't believe this is happening. I am thrilled to be sitting in Dr. Michael Gervais' chair for, I mean, maybe 30, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, depending on how I do. If not, you're nodding. You, he can kick me out. You're still in charge of this, Dr. Gervais. Thank you so much. It's, it is an honor to get to talk to you again um, and to get to talk to Coach Pete Carroll for the first time, really, which I, I can't believe it's taken all these years for me to be able to say I've met Coach Carroll, um, thank you both. Thank you for having me and for allowing me to, me to do this, Michael. Seriously, I don't know that you know what you got yourself into. <laughs> yeah, I love. Well, Coach and I were talking about um, who would who would we really enjoy having this conversation with, and you're right there at the number one poll position, top of the list. So we're honored to do this with you. So thank you. Well, this this is pressure, but it's truly an honor for me. And here's the thing, I. You, you didn't know this, but I've been learning from both of you for years, you know, from a distance. And so um, I think that's why I was so excited that you asked, because there's so much to learn. And it's just a matter of whether or not you're willing to do the work, right? We talked about that many times. So it's always about the work. So so here we go. That's the thing. Um, for, for those people who are familiar with your work together, it's phenomenal. For those of you who are not, well, get ready, because the two of you together, in, in my mind, um, you're, you're a powerhouse. And I know that you've worked together for years now in Seattle. Uh, we'll, I think we'll get into that a lot more um, in a little bit, but the, the huge project um, that, you know, if you're, if you're one of the cool kids, you say it's about to drop, right? An Audible original. Um, and it's awesome. It's, it's deep. It's thought provoking. Um, challenging is the word that I like to use again, because it's work, but it's a matter of how great you want to be um and it is here's here it is officially it's called compete to create an approach to living and leading authentically and dr gervais you know what that word authentic means to me and that's why to me this is so attractive so for those of you that recognize the title um rightfully so because it's, it's been around is it is that correct is it 2013 since you two really began working yep. together yeah. on, on cre compete to create that title right yeah, it's been well, it's kind of we've morphed into the title a little bit after that, but we've been working together for all that time. Yeah, we were like eight or nine years or something going on. It feels like well, forever, right, Mike? We've been we've been hooked up. So uh, I think so you're supposed to say it like, yeah, no, it's been a blast. I think you're supposed to say it feels like it's just been overnight. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's been um, a lot of, no, a lot of I, games, a lot of games, Mike. I mean, a lot, lot of games, games. No, a lot of games. <laughs> and I'll, really. I'll just start the note here is that um, I've learned so much from working with your coach and being part of the organization that you put together um, with the Seattle Seahawks and the culture and what you're doing, that this book, this business that we have together, this joint venture is the way I like to think about it. It's super meaningful. It's, some, it's my best work. And so, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm absolutely stoked to continue to pull on the threads that you know, and unwind some of the stuff that we're putting together. Yeah, we, we've had a really good time doing it. And, and Sage, for a really long time, you know, I had people kind of asking me, you know, can I be this or that to help your team, help your team win and all that. And I kept turning people away. When I ran into Mike and we were introduced uh, from a, a mutual friend, uh, we started talking and we hit it off. And, and really the, the foundation of, 
how Mike was trained in the foundation, how I've been trained. I don't know if I was trained, but I, whatever I was. But uh, we, we really did see eye to eye. And so we've spent uh, numbers of years now working at trying to help people play really well and, and win and, and, and have the best fun that they can create by, through their sport. And it's been a blast. And so with that, there's a lot of stuff that we put together that we've really, uh, you know, kind of come to own. And, and so we're, we're thrilled to share it. And we got a, a chance on a, on a, if you can imagine, we're calling it a Audible Original. Can you imagine that, Mike? You did it, <laughs> you know, so it'd be really it. fun. Yeah, yeah. We, somehow we got from start to finish. That's the hard part. It's not that it's such this monumental accomplishment. It's just that we finished something together that we're really proud of. So that was hard. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, yeah. that's the thing. That that's what I look forward to hearing about, and for you to dive into a little bit more is is what it took to get to this. Because some, you know, listen, people like me, and when I'm cleaning the house late at night, I just push play and I just listen, and that's the easy part. But the work that it took to get to the point where I can push play, that's what I want to get to. But I also want to real quick say, I mean, we all make choices. And Coach, you were just saying, you have a million different people that you could have said, hey, I want to work with you. And the fact that you two, it's a choice to choose to work. It's all about the people. It's all about the team, as we all know. Um, and, and that's why, to me, this is really special. So um, I, let's make sure we make that very clear, an audible original. And um, that, that's a big deal. I know exactly what that means. I've listened to some of those. So, so that's the thing. You've had your training courses for many, many years, but this is another level. How did you get to this point? Michael, if you want to start, how did this project begin? Okay, so the, the Audible original, the, the, it feels like a book, right? And I know it's yeah. not technically supposed to be called a book, but it, it's an experience where you listen to the science, the stories, and the very applied practices to help you train your mind, to organize your inner life so that you can do the same for others, right? And so this is a book about helping people in the most simple of terms, find their very best so they can help others do the very same. And where did it start? It started with uh, Coach and I, um, you know, thinking about like how, how, can, how can he build and continue to amplify and grow on what he already had established, the culture at Seattle Seahawks and uh, stemming back to USC, you know, what are some of the innovations that can, we can continue to move forward with? And um, that's kind of the impetus of where it started. And the, the shared space is really about how do you organize and train the mind? And then how can we do that for people who want to be their very best? What are some of those systems? What are some of those practices? Yeah, it's all skills. I mean, we've we've realized, and I didn't. I got to really tell you, Sage. I didn't know for years what I was doing. <laughs> there was anything to it. Mike helped me understand the science behind some of the things that we that we had founded uh, ourselves following way back, and it just became a little more ordered and a little more organized. And and as we saw it start to you know become somewhat of a system, then it just kind of started to fall into place. And Mike was was working with a lot of people, you know, in the corporate world and and in the performance world as well. And it just started to take enough shape and form that we want to see if we could share it. And we had people that were interested too. You know, people were coming to us and uh, coaches and and leaders and stuff. And and so uh, after a while, we said, well, let's see what we can do with it and you know, how we put it together. So that's where the that's where the problem is because it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to put a you know a, a, an order of a book together and with two different people doing it. Mike was really took the lead on it, and I supported him all the way throughout knowing that our experience together would, would become a part of this, the storyline. And so uh, it's, been, uh, it, it's been a real work uh, of, of labor of love and, and all that. We're really thrilled that it's finally completed. You know, I, I want to I add to this. It's like it, it was somewhere in our conversations where, uh, Pete, you said, um, we just got to get some stuff down in writing. 
You know, like we've got, we've got this course that, you know, for the business folks and we just got to get some, just make it nice and easy and something small and simple. <laughs> That's where we started something small and simple. And it, it turned into like a, a significant, you know, it feels to me, it's a first quote unquote book that I've done, but it feels like a significant lift. And so, um, yeah, so that's how it started and it did not end that way. Sage, the challenge of it, I, I realized when we did a book years ago and I said, I'll never do another book, you know? <laughs> so to, to get to the point where we, we, we put this together was really, um, going against the grain. And I'm, I'm really thrilled that Mike and, and, uh, my daughter, Jamie, who worked with us, they, they helped us, you know, stay organized and stay on, on, on course to, to create something. So we're, we're proud of it. So it's crazy. I, I liken that actually, because I've heard about the book writing process and I've recently just begun um, mine. It could be a decade before it comes out, but it's like you say, you, you go through, you get pregnant and, and you go through childbirth and you're like, I will never do that again. <laughs> and now I have three, like what happens in between where you forget about the pain of the process of writing the book because you, you willingly went and did this again. <laughs> yeah. That's a mom's amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> you guys just forget. I don't know how it's so trying. And then you come back, Hey, let's do it again. You know, and with all the love and all that, it, you make your way back to reality and you do the right thing. That's well, great. Beginning Congrats. to end. How long was the process? Uh, I don't know, you take Mike. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't even... I think it was probably three years. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. Pretty hard to yeah. nail me down, Sage. I'm kind of I'm kind of like a balloon with the air going out of it, you know. So I'm hard to follow. <laughs> don't say so. that. <laughs> That's awful. Um what okay, so having written a book and then this where again, audible original, audio. whenever I've done any kind of writing, it's one thing if it's if it's for broadcast. It's another thing if it's for print. It's, it's, a, it's a different kind of writing. To me, how did that feel for you guys? Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, what was well, that yeah, like for you? Well, what my, my part of it was is, was to comment about, you know, things that Mike had stated. And so um, it, for me, it was more like speaking. Um, for I think, Mike, you, yours was speaking and writing. I think you really went through that combination. To me, I was really kind of just commenting on the, the things that had been said and things that we believed in and, and, and all that. So it was more like responding to, uh, you know, the, the, the material. And so my, I thought mine was pretty easy, to tell you the truth. It just took a long, it takes so long to get it all coordinated. If you ever built a house, Sage, you know what it's like to finish the house. It's hard to finish these these projects. Um, I, I'll quit complaining about it, but because we got it done. But um it really wasn't that difficult in that sense it, that the actual work, because we've done this so much and we've been in it so much that, that to share the ideas and the, and the thoughts really kind of come, come quite fluently. You know, one of the things, that, so there is this fluid nature of, and it's a bit romantic to think that we're just going to talk into a mic and it's going to, you know, eloquently just, you know, pop out. It, it's, there's more work to it. And one of the things we wanted to make sure that for all of the claims that we had or references to science that we were, um, standing on the shoulder of good science. So everything is uh, annotated, it's all reference driven. And so it, we've got this nice, really strong bit of research that's supporting the points and the practices um, that we're sharing that we do collectively and what we share with others so that people can activate simply, you know, but it's all stood, it's really this intersection, I think b between three things. Tell me what you think about this, Pete, is that our, when we first met, it was like the approach was lockstep and then it was when you double click, it was this ancient wisdom meets science meets rubber hits the road where it has to work in high performing, rugged, consequential environments, or it's kind of just academic. And I don't want to, we, we love the academic world, but it has to work in the real world. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think it's it's fun to think that we were able to connect stuff that Mike has support, you know, found support for over the years that we were doing, and we made it just brought some more sense to it and brought more conviction to the to the messaging and and a more of a commitment and a and and a confidence to it, and uh, so that that's why I've enjoyed the process of us working together for such a long time. I've been coaching for you know forty years or whatever it is, and really going from my gut, you know, and, and, and running, bumping my head against all kinds of <laughs> concepts and principles and not knowing, but I just kept forging through and following myself. Well, um, fortunately, a numbers of people that we have collaborated with over the years have given us more support and more, uh, you know, backing to what we're doing. And, and where I couldn't see the, I couldn't see the golden thread that ran throughout. Others were able to help me see that. And so Mike was a big factor in all of that. Mm. So I think it's, it's one thing to know between the two of you that you've got something. You've got something that's special. Um, and no matter how great it is, unfortunately in, in, in business, it does take others to say, hey, they, they do have something good here and I'm learning from it and then word gets spread and, and it grows. What point, at what point did you guys know, all right, the outside world, like everybody else is getting this too. This is as special as we thought it could be. Was there a turning point where you're like, ding, ding, ding? What I would tell you is that I'm the last one to buy into that. I, and I have been over the years because there's been a lot of people over the years that wanted to ask a lot of questions and and, and, and try to dig in. And I kept thinking, nah, it's just, just ball, you know, it's just football, you know, and, you know, there ain't nothing here. And uh, but there was there have been some some trigger moments that really made sense and, and added to the, the validity of stuff and people that. It usually comes from people that you hold in high regard, people you respect highly, and they come to you and they say stuff, and then they want to know more, and they're digging in. And and uh, th- I, look, I've just been hard to convince. You know, I just haven't seen the the, the magic there. So, um, but I think that now I do think that I do think that there's something really special, and it's it's come down so much that it's coming from from our heart, and I know my heart in particular that it's what we're teaching and what we stand for is really feels true and and that's why that authentic word comes up because i i don't want to do anything that's not authentic and 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 really purely coming right from the center of me so that's why all my stuff comes from competition because i'm a competitor and and as long as i stick close to that i know that i'm close to the source and and uh but the validation kind of got handed to us enough times where uh it made sense that we got to go and and uh and i'm i'm thrilled about sharing now because Everything that we really do, Sage, comes from love. It comes from caring so much for, about the people that you deal with and how far will you go to help them. And Mike has helped with all the, really the skills that it takes to, to help people, uh, you know, train their minds and, 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 and re, un, get, get to a point where they really can value the mindset that they need to be at their best. And so it's, um, it's been really fun. So I'm hoping that we're just getting started, you know, after these years. I hope we're really just starting and turning the corner now. But that's what comes through to me from a distance, from across the country with this conversation and just in listening to you and, and, and watching you doing your, your various things, interviews coach, just you know, after a game, whatever it is. And, and Michael, um, thank goodness for social media as well. I mean, you are, you're everywhere. And just to be able to follow, you can tell it comes from the heart. And to me, I'm checking out if it doesn't. Like, I, I feel like I can kind of see through and that's when you take people to another level. I think people are intuitive and can see through it. What, was there a turning point for you, Mike, where, where you, where you saw, heard from the outside and were like, this is really going somewhere? It was, there was a big buzz, obviously, when uh, the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so there's a, a lot of attention in those moments or that phase. And I remember a conversation, Pete, you and I had like, it was 
the stuff that we were trying to amplify or support or challenge inside of the organization, and let me say this really clearly, is that the athletes in the building are exceptional, right? And yeah, they there's, are. Right? They are exceptional in so many phases. And there's only three things that you can train. You can train your craft, your body, and your mind. And so John and Pete, John Schneider, the GM, the two of them together and their, and their supporting team pull together athletes that are phenomenal in all three phases with a high willingness to learn. And so it's like, you just got to get the culture, which is the artifact of relationships. I want to talk about that in a minute, right? But you just got to get the the culture in a place where people can point their noses in the same direction, which is, (laughs) that is a legitimate skill to be able to create that culture. And coach, I want to lob that to you. And then create the internal space for people to not, ha- not have the noise and the distractions so that they can do their very best work. They can train their mind, their body, and their craft and have a great time you know, expressing themselves in the most authentic way. So how did it play back? During that Super Bowl phase, it was as if the media was saying things and that like as if they were in the locker room, as if they were in the hallways, the principles were sound. So we heard it come back, which was a the first time I've ever heard or felt something like that take place. And so I don't know if you want to talk about that, Pete, that was, that was a really interesting or powerful moment to hear the narrative almost played back the words, the science, the practices. Well, you know, to me, what, when you when you have all coaches are trying to put their philosophy in motion and try to you know when they're trying to set in, in motion a winning ways and in a in a mentality that can allow you to win and practice regimen and all that kind of stuff and so I'm not doing anything anything different than anybody else did but I've done it long enough where and and, and somewhere along the way it became it came really clearly apparent that it, if you're going to have a chance to make it, you better be coming right from your heart because you're going to get pounded in so many ways and pulled and tugged and, and challenged in so many ways that you have to get your act together. And so uh, when when that started to happen, it really was on my way into USC. And, and that was when the things that now we look back and we would refer to as culture and aspects of our environment that we that we create for the for you know our whole program and all that, that's when that all started. And, and as it when we went to the NFL, we continued to have an opportunity to create culture and to create an environment that may be somewhat successful <laughs> if we're lucky, you know. And and uh, that all kind of took place. And, and so I, I, everybody does that. And everybody has a culture. They just don't, sometimes they don't know that they're in control of it <laughs> to some extent. And you can do what you want with it. There's a culture there anyway. Is it the one you want? Is it the one that serves you best? And all, that's what we've been working at so for so long. And and to do everything exactly right and to have all the great players and the great leadership, it's still hard to win. <laughs> it's still so darn hard to win. I can't, this is just another aspect of, of you know, the program that eventually turns out a product that you put on the field and, and hopefully over a long period of time that you're, you're successful. Like Mike said, and Mike, I'm not really addressing your, <laughs> your question so much, but like Mike said, if, if the players don't don't go out there and do the job and play the game that they love and all at their closest to their potential, then you're never going to find your best. And so this was one aspect of it that we found that we, we thought we had a kind of a rhythm to, and we could create and recreate. And the recreate creation part of it comes because you have a clue what you're doing, yeah. you know, and that's really important in being successful over a long period of time. So um, it's, it's all part of, you know, what we've tried to make. And, and so now the thing that's fun about it, Sage, is that we have a chance maybe to share 
some of the mentality that people can take and go wherever they are in their world. And, 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 and it's not just sports. It's not just football. You know, it's really, well, uh, way more than that. And so um, if, you know, if they can find it in, in our stuff, it would be great. And if they can't and they challenge us and help us learn how to do it better, I'll, that's all I want. I just want to get better, you know. And so uh, we'll take it kind of as a challenge to the competition out there. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Apollo Neuro. I am really excited about what Apollo Neuro is building. If you haven't had the chance yet, I highly recommend that you go check out the conversation I had with their co-founder, Dr. David Rabin, on the podcast. It is well worth a listen. Unlike traditional wearables that simply track your biometrics, Apollo is doing it totally differently. Apollo Neuro is designed to actively improve your health by enhancing sleep, relaxation, energy, and focus. So how's it work? Developed by neuroscientists and physicians, Apollo delivers these soothing little vibrations. They call them Apollo vibes that are like music your body can feel. More rapid vibrations help to improve your energy and focus, while the slower vibrations help to promote rest and digest in your body. And the best part for me, they're grounded in good science. Apollo has been tested by thousands of users in clinical and real world trials. I would love for you to give it a go. It's making a meaningful difference in my life. And because you're listening to this podcast, you can receive an exclusive 15% off an Apollo wearable. Just head to apolloneuro.com slash findingmastery and use the code findingmastery at checkout. This is an exclusive offer. It's only for us here at Finding Mastery. So be sure to use the code at checkout. Again, that's Apollo, A-P-O-L-L-O, Apollo Neuro, N-E-U-R-O, ApolloNeuro.com slash Finding Mastery, or use the code Finding Mastery at checkout for 15% off your purchase. Finding Mastery is brought to you by Cured. If there's one big rock to get into the container when it comes to dialing in your wellness, one thing that stands out among the rest is sleep. Whether it be improved physical health, mental health, performance, creativity, quality sleep is the gift that keeps on giving. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with the science that supports that. And if you're struggling with sleep or you just want to dial it in a bit further, Cured's Zen formula it just might be a great solution for you. Zen is a nootropic that is formulated by Cure's very own in-house clinical herbalist, and it contains a blend of reishi mushroom, ashwagandha, chamomile, passionflower, and broad-spectrum CBD. That is a powerhouse combination. Zen could be a great little addition to your bedtime routine. They recommend taking it about 45 minutes before hopping into bed to let the reishi and ashwagandha and chamomile and the CBD do their thing. So right now, because you're listening to this podcast, Cured is hooking you up with a great offer. You can try Zen for 20% off when you visit curednutrition.com slash findingmastery and you use the code findingmastery at checkout. That's Cured, C-U-R-E-D, Cured, nutrition.com slash findingmastery and enter the code findingmastery at checkout to save 20%. So when you mentioned USC and um, easier said than done to create these cultures, when you've got a bunch of kids coming from various different different backgrounds, and of course the family's entrusting you 
to, to, to make it all work and just make magic happen, right? But was there a moment, and I hope I'm not getting off topic, but was there a moment when you, when you realized you know what you want, but then there's a difference in how to actually make that culture happen? Because that's what you had to do at the college level quickly, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I wasn't really uh, uh, loved on the way into USC. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of snuck in the back door there because there were a lot of people who thought that was a mistake. But um, there was a there there was a time uh, when you know I I got to a point where I was really really confident that I had something that I could present and I had I couldn't wait to get there. And the fact that you know I wasn't received real well at SC was kind of like okay that makes sense you know let's go it wasn't going to matter. It, they weren't going to factor in the outside world. The, wasn't going to have any any say in what was going to happen here because we, I, I just you know, it just seemed to click that if we really were true to the principles that we believed in, that at least we'd get as good as we could be. Now I didn't know how good that was going to be. I didn't know we we're going to win all, you know all those games and all that. But um, I, I I I felt confident enough we were going to find a way to be really pretty darn good and pretty close to it. And and I was just anxious to see it happen. The the cool thing really was. I mean, no, no, there's never better time in my my life than the years that we were at USC. We, mm. That whole surge and affecting all those people in such a tremendous way with so much fun and, and the school and the environment and everything about it was, you know, you went all that for that long. It was really, really just a cherished time frame. But the cool challenge came from when, okay, let's see what happens when we take all this to the NFL yeah. and then see if, if you love people up and you care for them. And, and that's the number one concern. Will that find its way to, to consistency and winning? And I had no clue. <laughs> I really didn't. But I had an inkling that maybe it could happen, you know. And, and they were, you know, the, the Seattle people were, they, they presented the opportunity that I don't know how, you know, how I was convinced, but it just seemed like such a great challenge. And I wanted to see what would happen if we treated professional athletes in the same manner. And so we really didn't do anything different. And, and so it was really about bringing in a mentality and an approach and, and, and then working our butt off with great people in the front office and in the personnel side of it to get us and churn the players through that would eventually, you know, become the, the, really the heart and soul of the whole program. And, uh, it was really, it's been, it's been really exciting to see that we've been able to find consistency. It, it, you never win enough. You know, those freaking Super Bowls are so hard to get to and they're so hard to win and, and then to come back and do And we were so close for the second one time in a row. It was very similar to the, the years in SC, that third time we had a chance to win three straight, you know, mm -hmm. as, and we're to this far in both those opportunities, you know. So you cherish those those challenges, but it's when I, I really think that it's looking back at the big the big picture well after the fact when you when you say, you know, what you accomplished and what you did. And and the consistency is really something I'm really proud of. And and uh, and because I think that's system and I think it's philosophy, different players, different coaches and all that. I, I take a lot of pride in that, you know, and, and uh, but it's always looking back. It's never like where you are right now. <laughs> You know, there's there's something really important here, and I know you got a couple questions loaded up, Sage. But there's two things I want to share. One is, if we're not careful, this sounds like a charismatic leader that's got his stuff together with great ideas, <laughs> which is which that's is true. What it feels okay? like. like, no, no, right? I know, but that's what it looks like. And so I just want to say, like, when I, okay, when I was, I don't know, by week three, observing what you're doing, it it takes me a little bit of time. Self-efficacy theory, authored by Albert Bandor, one of the greatest psychologists, you know, still living. Um, he'll go down in the history books. So Pete is putting into action self-efficacy theory, self-determination theory by Ryan and DC. 
He's putting in place Abraham Maslow's work and the hierarchy of needs. And so just those three, they're so evident that those three are front and center. It's like it just washes over you like, oh, there it is. And then you get into the stuff like the mental skills, the science of it. And so we can just go down a litany of how he uses imagination to help people see and imagine their very best, whether it's while they're practicing or in the quiet, you know, in their room. And so we can just go down the list of the skills that were already, he was already putting in place. So when, when Pete, when you're talking about like being able to repeat it, that's the key word, Sage. And so it's not like you're trying to repeat the wins. They happen if you can get some other stuff right. And the other stuff is how do you create a culture? How do you uh, have a system to help people train their minds? And that's what we want to share. You can train confidence. It's a skill. You can train optimism. And that skill happens to be, we believe, at the center of mental toughness. Why would you stick with something that's hard if you don't fundamentally believe that it's going to work out? And then, and so I could go on and on about the skill piece, but I, I want to hit, because you said like, when did you have an idea it was right and it, and it wasn't? Mm-hmm. It was probably, I don't know, maybe our third, my third game with your coach. And, um, and so is, it was a- This is 2013. Yeah. Ish. I, no, I think it was 2012. <laughs> I think it was 2012. Might have been second, I, second year probably. The, well, the, yeah. The third year, yeah. one, two, three. My, no, it's 20, yeah, it was the 10, first. 20, 11, 20, 20. It might be 12. I think it's 12. 12. The, the, yep. the Atlanta year. That's the Atlanta year, the right? The Atlanta year. Yeah. And so 12. it was um, probably about three months in, but it was my third game, somewhere in that range. And I'll keep the player out of it, but um, it was game day, and there was a player that was running late. And it was a noble reason why he was running late. And I didn't have a good relationship with him at yet. You know, just kind of, hi, how you doing, that type of stuff. And he was rushed, and here I am you know, trying to add value. And I walk up to him as he's kind of late and I'm missing my cues. <laughs> and I say, hey, I just want to say congrats. And he looked up at me like, what the F are you doing in my space right now? I said, oh my God. I, oh, I, know, I, just, I know which player it is now. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what it is. And I said, oh my good. Like I realized I stepped right in the big pile. And so I, I looked at him, I said, you're right, you know? And so, um, so I slowly backed up, you know, and so not really, I'm trying to actually just like minimize that moment. And, um, the next day Sunday comes around and, uh, sure enough in the hallway, uh, three or four people had come up to me, like staff and coaches, like, Hey, I want to talk to you about something because the the athlete was not happy. And this is an evidence of a relationship-based organization where it's not just words. So I go, I approach the athlete to apologize. And, and I, I go up to him and I say, Hey, do you have a minute? I want to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, he knew. And so th- th- we're in the hallway and we have our moment. And I say, Hey, I just really want to say I would totally missed. I, I that, and I apologized. And he said, you know, what? I appreciate it. That was it. And then from there, we ended up having this really strong relationship together and details left uh, out of the play here. But that's how this stuff works. If people are always pissed or protected or anxious, it's hard to have a relationship. So a relationship-based approach is really built on the idea that we can govern ourselves. We can have right thoughts and we can govern our emotions and we can be available. We can, as coach likes to say, give people a pass. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we all make mistakes. And so that's not a relation. That's not an error that happened on the field. It's an error that happened in the building. 
and those need to be worked out as well. So this isn't reserved. It's a long way of me saying this isn't reserved just for athletics. This sure. is reserved for people who want to have great relationships because they know that they need each other. There's more to go. And, you know, um, the future is bright when we can do stuff together. You, you owned that moment where you're like, okay, bad timing. And the next day, and then you have to like sleep on it and then think about it leading up to when you know you're going to see him at some point the next day and it's this hall and, and, and you owned it. And even though his reaction might've been a little bit cold, like you knew it was the right thing. And deep down, he, I wonder if that for him was like a, a, a turning point because you said your relationship from there grew. But I think that's one of the things as someone who, um, I don't manage anybody. I will never, I, I'm not a boss at ESPN or at any network I've ever worked at. I have three kids. I'd like to think I'm in charge of them, but they will tell me that I'm, I'm not, right? You're so not the boss. I am being led and, um, and I'm desperate, desperate for good leadership. And I think, I know it's so, so rare to have good leadership. And part of being a good leader is doing what you did. And, and owning it, and sometimes they quick, my bad, I'm sorry. And, and the vulnerability, right? And, and Pete, I was gonna ask you, so, so when you're trying to transition and going from a college atmosphere to the professional atmosphere, it's like, okay, let me see if this works now with the big boys. Were you afraid? Was, was there fear in you going up north? No, no, that wasn't really the feeling at all. Um, I, because I kind of felt that they, they probably let me hang around for two or three years and kick me out. And, you know, if it wouldn't work, it didn't work, you know, so I was just going to go for it no matter what. Yeah. And at that point, you know, I had, um, I had, you know, enough confidence that, that we were onto something. And so I, and I, Honestly, I, I wouldn't have taken it as a defeat if, if it didn't work out. I just would have said, oh, this didn't fit, you know, and, and, and all that. Because I know that I knew that we, what we had accomplished and where we had gone down to SC. So I was a little different than that. So my confidence level was really high. And, and, I, and I, the conviction to what we were doing, I, I didn't know what, what the results would be. Mm -hmm. and, but, but instinctively, you know, if you treat people really well, and you really care. I mean, if you, you, you undeniably care and you work at it, what we said, we compete at it and we're competing to show them how much we care, then most likely things are going to turn out okay. I would just hope, who knew we were going to get Russell Wilson? You know, <laughs> along comes Russell Wilson and we win famously, you know, since the years he's been there, the numbers and the stats and the stuff are just remarkable with, through his leadership and, and Bobby Wagner, they came in at the same time. Those two guys have led such an extraordinary run of a, of a franchise. It's hard to win like this. It's hard to be coming back and all that we're so proud of it and who would have known you know but uh when you put it all together it worked out and and i really came across two extraordinary competitors in bobby and russell and they just kind of set the tone for, you know they, they've been there and we've recognized that we've paid them because of it you know russell highest paid guy in the nfl he deserves it in our program there's nobody that's more valuable and bobby has sent the message so consistently but that that all came through, uh, I, I think, finding the right guys because John found the right people that would fit with me and would help me be a good coach. And, and we just kept adding to it. And, and it turned into a really cool mix and product. And it all came from Karen. It all came about loving the kids up and, and helping them be the very best they could possibly be. No matter whether you're kicking them in the butt or you're loving them up and hugging them up, it, you know, from A to Z. And, uh, yeah, but, so, but here's the thing. You it's not an accident, though. And as good as those two young men are, like they, they still, they were fortunate in many ways because they entered into the right culture. 
that was not accidentally created. Like you, you knew what you needed to do, what you wanted to do and what was successful. And so yes, this from them, but they had the right people at the top allowing them to go be themselves and, and do what they did. And that's the beautiful thing is because it, it, it takes everybody, not just the talent. Yeah. That's a really good point, Sage, because without the guys to follow the, uh, you know, and, and uh, along the whole process with us, you know, the coaching staff, and we've had a lot of guys come through and have been successful and moved on and all of that, uh, those guys being willing to buy into a, an approach and a mentality and, and get caught up and let, let themselves be captured up and, and all that, they're the guys that do this on the, you know, moment to moment, nose to nose with these guys' basis. And, and uh, so, it took everybody to, to, to make it happen, you know, and, and uh, so I, I, you know, I appreciate, you know, all that other stuff. But really, this there's so many factors in here, you know, and, and if you forget how humble you need to remain, you're going to screw it up, you know. And so anyway, it's uh, it's been a blast. There's there's a moment where we were sharing and I'll keep the corporation out of it, but we were sharing these practices and this approach with a corporation leadership in a, in a significant corporation. And they kept asking the question, question like, well, then, but how do you do it? Like, as if there was four steps to care and seven steps to love and 12 steps to be a competitor, you know, like, like how, how, how? And everybody wants the how. Well, we didn't quite realize that that would be a miss. And mm -hmm. so, I, Pete, maybe you can talk about how you address that when corporate folks or people in business yeah, well, yeah, outside the, the, of sport. Yeah. That, that question was, well, how do you coach somebody? You know, as fundamental as a question as that is, when somebody doesn't have a connection to that, oh, well, I, I guess that is a good question. You know, how do you coach somebody? So that, that's been that's been fun to because it's challenged us to figure out how to communicate, you know, how you do how you do that. Uh, and, and somebody who can't relate, they want to help people, but they don't know. So, you know, there's there's some steps along the way to get that done. But that's an interesting part of it. They wanted to know, OK, this is the science. This is the thought. Here's the results. I get it. OK, but wait a minute. How am I going to make that person better? You know, and so um, it's been fun. And there's a, there's some real there's some magic in there. But it starts with caring so much that you're going to figure it out. That, yeah. That's you know, it, it, there's how you're going to communicate it. How you start off telling them, showing them how much you, you, you see, how much you care, and then how much you see in them what you see that they're capable of becoming, and challenging them to start to get into that conversation as well. And then once you have that conversation and you kind of come to an agreement, yeah, this you're you're all this, you know, then it's helping them stay in connection with that along the way as they learn and grow and fail, falter and, and get challenged and then take steps forward and take steps backwards. You stay with them and continue to keep them in connection with that vision that you've created with them. And that's that's kind of how it happens, you know, whether you're a ball coach or you're coaching, you know, in the corporate world. Finding Mastery is brought to you by AG1. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know what a big supporter I am of AG1. And it's almost been for a decade now. So I love what they're doing. I, it's something I drink just about every day. And part of their marketing slogan is that it's a nutritional insurance program. And like, I just, I love that. That's the way it feels for me. And that's because each serving of AG1 delivers a dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and so much more. It is a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. I like to take it first thing in the morning which is also recommended for optimal nutrient absorption. And so what I do is I just fill up my shaker, add some cold water, a scoop of AG1, and a little squeeze of lemon. I shake it up, and I'm ready to go. 
Or if I'm in a rush or, you know, I'm, I'm ripping and running on the road, I just grab an AG1 travel pack to take with me. I feel great after drinking it, not only because of the nutritional insurance idea, but there's just a, there's a sustenance that happens when I drink it. And I love recommending it to friends and family because I know AG1 is formulated with science-informed rigor and the highest quality in mind. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I've loved partnering with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, I want to encourage you to give AG1 a try and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and also get five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash findingmastery. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash findingmastery. Finding Mastery is brought to you by AquaTrue. We all know how important hydration is to performance and recovery and well-being, but it's not just about how much you drink. The quality of your water plays a big role. And if you're like me and you don't fully trust tap water, and I think for good reason, research by the Environmental Working Group has shown that three out of four homes in the U.S. have harmful contaminants in tap water. That's why I'm really excited to introduce AquaTrue. Their purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. It's incredible. I can literally taste the difference in my water. Plus, the filters are affordable and long-lasting. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That adds up to less than three cents per bottle. It feels great to know that all at once, I'm saving money, getting the highest quality water for the Finding Mastery team, and helping make a positive impact on the environment by eliminating single-use plastics all the way around. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and it even makes a great gift. And right now, because you're a Finding Mastery listener, you receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. So just go to AquaTrue.com. You spell it A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code Finding Mastery at checkout. Again, that's aquatrue.com. Enter the Finding Mastery code at checkout to receive 20% off any purifier that you buy there. Today, I, I talked to uh, one of your current players and one of your former players. And um, it was interesting because they both said the same thing, is that he cares about me, us, as individuals. And that goes so far. First of all, everybody said everything is a competition. Compete, compete, compete everywhere. <laughs> we, we know that part. That was funny. They're giving Sorry, some good my bad. That's my bad. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But secondly, that, that's the part that resonated with me is that you make the decision to treat everybody as individuals. And that is hard work because it's the psychology of knowing what works with each of those players. And you got a few of them, you have 53 of them <laughs> minimum, right? And so I think that's the beautiful thing, whether it's 53 of them or, or you know, an entire department at ESPN or anywhere else, Mike, I mean, that it's so much easier said than done, but the importance of leading by caring about your people. It's just endless as far as how far that can go and how, how much it can help you, right? Yeah, so it's really hard to do nearly impossible if you're flooded with anxiety. And anxiety 
reported as a clinical disorder. About 30% of people that live in the Western world suffer from a mental disorder called anxiety. And I say that with such compassion because it is a suffering experience. 30%. It's really hard to get out of your own way when you're terrified that the future is not going to work out, that this moment is evidence that it's not going to work out later. And so part of that, part of that is like, okay, if you really want to care, you've got to do some work. And, and the work is to switch from trying to get you to be just okay and kind of take the energy from around you and, and latch on to people that are really strong because they're going to take care of you. No, no, no. The idea is, okay, how can I take care of myself, this chronic fear that I have, so that I can focus my energy, I can focus my attention on helping others? And if you can do that day in and day out, and Bill Russell's got a great um, insight that he shared with Coach, that is at kind of at the center of making, you know, like a culture work. Again, culture is the artifact of relationships. So it's right at the center of it. Yeah, getting out of the way of defending yourself because you think like the whole world's coming at you. You you can't give when you're in that mode, you know. You can't give to the people around you. If you're feeling like every turn, you know, you, you better look out here, look out there. You can't be free-flowing. You're, you're in a protection mode. And so that's part of it. You, we have to work our way through, get into a, an environment where you feel connected and you feel like you belong and you feel safe enough that you're okay to, to be vulnerable, to be opened up and to be receptive and know that people care about you. If there's one little message that I wish we could get across to people is that it's okay to care. It's okay to show that you care. And, and it's, you know, people are hesitant to want to do that because they feel like eh, it shows, maybe they think it's weakness or they think that it's, it's misguided or whatever. The, 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 I think it's the start of the, the great growth. You know, it's, it's the beginning of, of, the, of your march forward with, with the challenge or the person that you're dealing with. You, you have to get there. And, and uh, you know, I, think about the corporate world. Hey, there's a lot, a lot of it. Hey, they're not real concerned. There's a bunch of people that are. And those are usually the people that are going the farthest, staying the longest, and, and, and reaching the greatest heights. And so uh, that's what we think anyway. We may be all screwed up, but that's what we think. You know? And so we're, we're living that way. Maybe you can give me an example of something recent or something that you, you'll always keep with you, showing someone that you cared and that you saw a difference that it made. Is there anything that, that, that stands out? Like, cause especially with you guys, men, and, and, and then it's, it's different. The expectations are different, frankly for men, but just to let it all go, like, how do you show them? Well, I, 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 Pete, let me, let me take this one first. And because I think you've got a really good one, but the, I just wanted to share this note that it was 18 years. No, it's actually 22 years ago. I started a, a nonprofit called late night sports. It was to give these practices to folks that couldn't afford it. And it was 183, uh, I'm sorry, 130 young men that would show up. We would rent a gym with three basketball courts we'd have music, we'd have DJ, and it was an amazing experience. It was where I was every Saturday night for 18 years of my life. And it was where I was working out the applied nature of psychology, sports psychology. And the basketball in that gym, Sage was above the rim. It was really good talent. It, all over Los Angeles would show up every Saturday night and play ball. It was incredible. And people would say all the time, like, they'd walk in, like, people, and like, Oh my goodness, these guys are unbelievable. Yeah. Like, are these guys pros or what college are they going to? The, the takeaway was that they cared too much about looking cool. They didn't care about caring. So it was not okay to care. 
it was not okay to look like a fool for something that you care about. And so they were much more concerned with what other people were thinking of them. So they'd play it safe. They'd play it small. They couldn't really let go unless it was like the alpha macho kind of, uh, you know what I'm trying to, like this, just this un, un, unacceptable nature for people to get to a place of anger. And that was the only kind of thing that um, they felt comfortable doing. And so when you look at folks that, that, and what to your point about caring, it's like, if you really care, you'll look like a fool. Yes. Laugh at because yourself. The, yeah. Because the thing, the thing that you care about is much more important than how you look. And so there's freedom. And I just wanted to hit that note, but um, Pete, I, I know. I well, I mean, I, I have so many examples of this, but I'll, let me take you back to like one of the most obvious, most rudimentary issues back in, in the SC days. Uh, there was kids that, that they did everything they could to get thrown out of school. I mean, they, they, everything you could think of that, you know, academically and on campus, in the sport, not showing, whatever it was. And I remember saying to a number of different guys, look, I don't care how hard you try. I'm not kicking you out of here. So you might as well quit trying so darn hard and just come along with the program because I'm going to be here standing. I'm not going to let you get out of here. I, I know that's what you're fighting for right now. You just want to see if I'm going to cut you loose. I'm not doing it. You know, and so, uh, <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be here at the end of the, this thing and, and I'm going to be seeing you through it and we're going to make it through it. And that was, you know, because some kids just, they just, kind of just wanted to prove again that you were going you were going to see it in them that they weren't going to make it and I was not going to be that you know and, and so it, it it was nothing uh, heroic it was just like stop trying so darn hard you know you got so much to offer and so much to give I mean that's that's to me was like the ultimate and I'm going to care for you no matter what it's kind of like your kid now you got three kids right now I mean how much how much do you love your kids how far will you go to prove that you love them well if you love somebody, you'll go as far as you have to go to the ultimate end. If, if that's you'll what, do it whatever takes. it takes, what, whatever, whatever it takes. It takes. And, and so that, that, you know, that's, you know, that's the commitment that I think it, it, it is there for us to, to, to jump on. And, and yeah, it makes you vulnerable. It makes you look bad. You know, why this guy doesn't belong to be here anymore. He's let it, get him out of here. No, you know, I'm going to hang myself out and hang with it because I know this guy could make it if we don't give up on him. You know, that's, that's the kind of commitment to Karen that I think it really shows, you know, a, you give to others and, and you, you op, give them an opportunity to really do something special they might not have done otherwise. I, I think it's the way you do it. You know, sometimes there are, there's harsh news to deliver. And that's the difficult part of the businesses that everybody is in. But some, it's, it's not just the words sometimes, how you do it, sit them down eye to eye. I know sometimes with my kids, if it's a difficult conversation, I'll, I'll get on the floor and then have them in the chair so they feel a little bit more in control. I don't know. Maybe that's crazy. To even <laughs> try, but you just want them to feel not threatened and loved, even if it's bad news, even if you are grounded, you know, for whatever. Um, and I think that's the part. And you know, I, Michael, I think I told you before. I'm obsessed with with failure right now and fear. Those two things and pushing through when you are scared to death, you know, and and whatever way, because what comes on the other side of it is pretty cool. Because usually you're going to survive it. And I, I feel like that's something that can also be thrown in there with, with leading and guiding as well. But it's, again, it goes back to the culture of knowing that, no, 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 if you make this mistake, you're not getting cut, you're not getting fired, we're still gonna bring you back and what do we take from, from it? How do we learn? Only if, you, only if you make it twice. 
yeah, yeah. So fear, fear and failure are uh, temporary and, and pretty incredible motivators. They're a bit dangerous, mm -hmm. right? And they are on the other side of it. And I'm not advocating for them. I'm just saying that sometimes people will do work harder or longer or whatever out of fear, you know, and, and failure and fear are also great constrictors. The fear of failure, you know, the fear of looking bad, the fear of what other people, they're great constrictors of authentically living. And so, you know, that's why the mental skills for me are so important. It's like, okay, let's actually get some skills on board so you can manage this runaway train sometimes, this negative train of thought, this fear-based train of thought, you know, so you can actually get off that train if you want to. This will take us kind of down a different road here, but um, what what we have come to face right now and what's going on in, in our communities right now has brought to light again for the thousandth, millionth time how important it is for us to, to take care of the, the people in our communities. And we make we have an opportunity to make a choice about what you're going to do about it, how you're going to do it, and uh, or if you're going to or you're not going to. And I, I don't think that there's ever been a time that's more... Um, ready for us to show how much we love the people around us, mm. wherever they come from, whatever colors their skin is, whatever their background is. And I know that there's there's a lot of work to be done in a lot of ways, voting issues and, and legislature issues. And But I don't know that there's anything more important right now. And, and, and I'm going to stay with what, what I know. I don't know how to do anything else. But loving the black people that are in our that are close to us that we can relate to and we can have the opportunity to connect with is so crucial. It's so crucial that we understand without that willingness, we're not going to feel their pain and we're not going to understand the story and we're not going to make the right choices on how to show to care. And, and uh, I don't know that there's any time more important in our lives than, than to love the people around us. And right now, black lives are so important to, to love. And, and we should have learned it hundreds of years ago. But now more than ever, let's let's love our way back through this, this situation and, and, and turn it so that all people understand how much black lives matter. And and uh, that's it's more of a challenge in, in, in the white world than, than, than the white people think, but it's there to be done, and it's not a hard process. There's all kinds of work to be done, but there's nothing more important than just downright caring and loving for the, the people around us just because they're there, just because they, they need it and deserve it, just like everybody else. And so um, that it's... I don't know. That's why I think a lot of the things that that we feel so strongly about now in our work um, just continues to show us why we should stay with it and keep working yeah. at it and make sense of it and see if we can help people be be just better at what they want to do and whatever it is. And, and in this case, in particular, sorry to get so heavy on you, but that it's no, I'm not sorry. I don't apologize for that. that I just it's so important and. Uh, it's what we find so much with our players. You know, we've been we've been going through this off season in, in really in the Zoom world, and we've heard from so many kids, and, and as we've always heard from kids, but not not like now, even more than ever, uh, because you can feel you can feel the newness of people saying, "Oh, really? I didn't get it that way. I didn't see it that way. I wish I would have seen that earlier. I wish I would have known it earlier." And, and uh, um, it's a it's a really rich time. It's a rich time for people of the heart, and uh, so. You know, anyway, sorry yeah. about there. <laughs> Again, I, I, I'm not sorry. I take that apology back. <laughs> That's like a hashtag. Sorry, not sorry. That's a thing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right yeah, really. um, I, I will say this. Um, I think there's so many conversations that need to be had. And, and that that's the key word is conversation. Yeah. And it, 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 by the way, it goes across the board. 
And um, I, I think one of the things I've, I've missed recently from the pandemic on, from when we all started to be quarantined, which for me was on March 16th, um, yeah. on, and you know, your everyday actions, going to the grocery store with a mask on and, and driving, um, I miss seeing people smile because hmm. you can't see it. It's hidden. I'm looking more closely now and I can, you can see it in, in eyes, right? Especially if you're getting yeah. a little like me and the, there's more wrinkles and you squint <laughs> and you can see this. And, and I, I mean, I thrive on that and I didn't realize how much I missed it until I couldn't see it. And sometimes that can go so far as we try to mend um, fences. I don't know, just to all be better and more sensitive to your point P to each other. A smile can go, sometimes it isn't even words. It's yeah. that, no. that gesture no. that goes such a long way and it's, it's, it's eyes and it's, it's knowing and it's I understand and I'm trying and I'm here. A smile. It's really simple. I think that's, that's how we can begin, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there's been an interesting um, kind of a new awareness that I'm, I'm sensing and I think our players are sensing and everybody that's, that's operating through the, the media or through the technology um, that when, when our listening skills have been elevated because when, when one person is talking and you're sitting in a room, you're sitting behind them or around side, alongside them and all that, you can feel the energy to a certain extent. But now when some one person is talking, they're all you can see and, and the expressions and, and, we, and we, I know we, we, we yearn to draw the emotion from, from our exchanges because we, we lack it some because we're, we're apart. It's, it's, it's brought us to a different sense of sensibility and empathy, I think, that because you, can, you feel that one person telling and sharing their thoughts and their stories. It's been, it's been really fascinating, and I, I think it's been something that's brought our, all of our guys working together through this last uh, two months we've been together on, on Zoom. Uh, it's brought us closer. And, and I'm really, really I'm grateful for that opportunity, um, un, unfortunately, under the circumstances. But yeah. it, there's some new sensitivities for us and there's some new awareness for us that, that will, you know, give us a chance to do better, be better, get closer, love more, you know, and, and love more deeply. And it's, uh, it's, it's really exciting. To me, it, I'm, I'm so optimistic about the future in this country. And some people hate me for being a glass half full kind of girl. That's just how I always will be. I think it's crucial. Uh, and, and especially now, not that you're ignoring the crap that's out there, but there's still so much good if we choose to look at that. So I do think that there's so many silver linings that can come from it if we all make make that decision, because it truly is a personal decision and it starts at home with, with your, your neighbors and your kids and, and the, the C word, the conversations, just to talk yeah. it up, be understanding. And by the way, Ryan Clark, a friend of ours, you know, former NFL player um, at ESPN, a friend of mine, and he, he, he tweeted something really cool last week, I thought. Um, and that was um, when people ask to help and to listen, allow them to do it. And, and don't, well, you're not doing it the right way. You're not saying the right thing. You're not apologizing the right way, Drew Brees. Stop, stop. Like when people are genuinely out there trying, listen, allow them to do that. And so I do think those conversations, again, it doesn't discriminate. It goes all ways as far as really listening to each other if we all want to get better. And it takes looking in the mirror. Um, listen, you, you all have, have helped millions over the last several years and th but this was a different project and the audible original you know so if you had to pick one thing of the many that you hope people take from this when they're done listening one thing what is it the value of of doing the hard work to to you know to you know the self-discovery stuff that, that i think that's there's so much value there and and if you if people would just 
recognize that if you just do the work and stick with it, there's nothing academic about it that you can't handle. There's nothing too scientific. It's just doing the work to just keep asking your, yourself the questions of, you know, what do I believe in? You know, what's important to me? That, that there's so much value that comes from that when you really declare it. And if you go through that process, that's that I, I if nothing else happens, that's what I hope people would take from it. Because again, we always find ourselves beginning with self-discovery, and we did again, you know, in, in this work. And and uh, I'll just leave it at that. That's that's really the part that's most important to me. What we work to do is to give a structure and a format where you can put handles to this invisible world of psychology, you know, so that you can really get your arms around it. And self-discovery, it's it's a real process and there's no right and wrong. It just takes a commitment to understand. And the reason what there's five pillars that we work from, I'll, I'll explain those in a minute. But one of the reasons this is so important is because once you know who you are, nobody can take it away from you. It's incredibly powerful. <laughs> no external circumstances can ever strip you from it. And so that part, when you think about psychology in general, there are two basic parts of psychology. There's the discovery processes, and then there's the skill development. And I think we found that simple yet still deep integration between the two to be able to say, okay, here's how, here's an, an accelerated way for self-discovery, and then here are the skills that you can invest in, calm, confidence, focus, trusting oneself, optimism, you know, all of that stuff. But the five pillars that we work from are self-discovery, mindset skills, psychological framework and the framework is like how do you explain yourself in the world how do you explain events how what's your outlook and then recovery practices and then so which is how to sleep well and eat well and move well how to restore yourself and then the fifth pillar is mindfulness so my long way of getting to what i hope people will walk away with is i'll say yes and to you coach is that yes self-discovery and a commitment to mindfulness and I know that it is a buzzword and it's popular. It's been around 2,600 years. The science is ridiculous. It is one of the great accelerants for people to live in the present moment more, more often. And the present moment is so precious because that's where high performance is expressed in the most mechanical way. It's where wisdom is revealed. And it's also where all things that are good, true, and beautiful are experienced. So I think our job as being human is uh, our responsibility is to live in the present moment more often. But to do that requires a training of the mind. It requires a deep commitment to discovery. And mindfulness is one of those golden threads that um, is an accelerant to that path. See how much work we all have to do, Sage? We got a lot of work to do, don't we? I have no hope. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the thing is, is um, it, it is. It's a beautiful, difficult, but beautiful process. And my hope for my children and my friends and strangers out there is that they don't take as long as I have taken to figure out that it's right here on a silver platter waiting for me to come grab it, waiting for me to go do that work. And Michael, I, I saw this recently. Uh, I'm sure you've said it a million times, but I saw it recently uh, that you said it and uh, you were on a stage somewhere. Everything you need is already inside of you. And it's, of course, it sounds so simple. We all know that it's not. But that's exciting. <laughs> no, no. We do know, no, we do know that stage. It is inside. Everything's there. <laughs> it's, it's right there. But but it, it's the realization of that, right? Where I'm, I, for my whole life, I'm looking all over the place for other sure. things. And here's the how-to. And the whole time, 
it's been right there. And yeah. that's my point is that <laughs> I don't want people to wait. Hello, hit myself in the head. Yeah. <laughs> long to figure it out because it is, it is a beautiful, powerful thing. And you know what? Gosh, it is easier. It's it, at the end of the day, it ends up being easier. It's like, let go of all the other stuff. I'm good with who I am. And then those around you who you love get to benefit as well. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I love you guys. Yeah. Nice <laughs> job. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well done. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, here's the final, I mean, everybody pay attention here. Again, compete to create an approach to living and leading authentically. We, that's my word, right? Dr. Mike? Hey, that is it. That, yes. The, the premiere is July 9th, Thursday, July 9th, exclusively on Audible. Did I just host a Finding Mastery podcast? <laughs> you did. Yes, you did. Yes. First one. Hey, listen, if you didn't knock the doors down with your authenticity as, you know, um, a guest, yeah. So you earned it. You earned the first ever spot as the host of Finding Mastery. Yeah. Thank you, Sage. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, well, thank you, too. I love learning from you guys, and I love that the world gets to continue hearing it. Just thank you. Yeah, you are awesome. Thank you awesome. very much. All right. Thank you so much for diving into another episode of Finding Mastery with us. Our team loves creating this podcast and sharing these conversations with you. We really appreciate you being part of this community. And if you're enjoying the show, the easiest no-cost way to support is to hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're listening. Also, if you haven't already, please consider dropping us a review on Apple or Spotify. We are incredibly grateful for the support and feedback. If you're looking for even more insights, we have a newsletter we send out every Wednesday. Punch over to findingmastery.com slash newsletter to sign up. This show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, and we take our recommendations seriously. And the team is very thoughtful about making sure we love and endorse every product you hear on the show. If you want to check out any of our sponsor offers you heard about in this episode, you can find those deals at findingmastery.com slash sponsors. And remember, no one does it alone. The door here at Finding Mastery is always open to those looking to explore the edges and the reaches of their potential so that they can help others do the same. So join our community, share your favorite episode with a friend, and let us know how we can continue to show up for you. Lastly, as a quick reminder, information in this podcast and from any material on the Finding Mastery website and social channels is for information purposes only. If you're looking for meaningful support, which we all need, one of the best things you can do is to talk to a licensed professional. So seek assistance from your healthcare providers. Again, a sincere thank you for listening. Until next episode, be well, think well, and keep exploring.